Hi, I am Kyle. And I'm Jeremy. And we are the Social Ninjas. Hiya! Jeremy and I both struggled with social anxiety and mental health overall. Now we both work to improve our own mental health and the mental health of others by sharing what we did to help our social anxiety and what we learn and continue to do to improve upon our own mental health. What we share is what we learn from our own experiences. We are not mental health professionals and what we say should not be used in place of or replacement of medication or your doctor. Enjoy Enjoy the the show. show. We are recording. We are live. We are the Social Ninjas Podcast. I'm your co-host, Kyle. Join with me as always, Jeremy, somewhere over here. What is up, Jeremy? How's it going, Kyle? I mean, hi, Kyle. I would say that was some pretty weak energy. (laughs) (laughs) So we also have two special guests with us today, Julian and Karan. What's going on, guys? How's it going, guys? Great to be here, and uh, yeah, really excited uh, to do this. Yeah, guys, it's awesome to be here. So, do you mind giving the people listening just kind of a, a background, kind of what you guys are doing right now? Yeah, sure. So, Cran and I are working on a startup called Sightly, and basically, what we're trying to do is create a. We're gonna have a program on a VR headset. That's going to be awareness. That's going to be available in in campus wellness centers, uh, and the whole point of the program is to create a exposure based, fun and engaging way for students to access uh, CBT on the headset. So they follow a program. It's based on exposure, uh, and it's a lot more fun and engaging than kind of the traditional uh, self help booklets that they're using right now. Yeah, and and to add to that, uh, we also know like uh, how. Um, how time consuming it is to meet counselors on uh, the campus uh, in universities or colleges. So this can be their uh, self-guided approach and whenever they want it, they could have access to it directly without any uh, time constraints. And uh, my question first, real quick, what is CB, what did you say? So CBT, so it stands for Cognitive Behavioral Therapy. Perfect. So I'm sure some of you are listening are like, what's CBT? <laughs> um, Good cover. <laughs> and uh, you tell me, like, tell us a little bit of background, like what made you think of it and a little bit of how it works. Yeah, absolutely. So Cran and I, we went to university together. We both graduated from McMaster University out in Hamilton, Ontario. We kind of, like we met in the first week of school, we kind of became pretty close friends. And then over the years, we kind of we just kept hanging out together, doing homework, whatnot. I mean, unfortunately, us, along with a lot of other university students, like our mental health started to struggle. Uh, We began to kind of socially isolate ourselves. And over time, we became more comfortable isolating ourselves versus kind of going out there um, into social situations uh, and whatnot. So it was kind of like this negative loop that that started occurring. With this, we kind of developed social anxiety. and that was kind of the inspiration behind Sightly. Like we wanted to create something that could help other, you know, university students like us, um, that's more engaging and, and uh, definitely something that's easier to follow and more effective than, than the traditional stuff. Yeah, and to add to that, uh, both Julian and I, uh, as we were going through our journey uh, in university, we realized like we are socially awkward in situations and we tend to, you know, 
distance ourselves and it was bothering us, right? We wanted to do something about it. So we did reach out. We went on to the campus wellness centers. We tried different internet-based guides, but nothing was uh, that helpful that would really make an impact uh, in our lives. So we, we always knew that there's an opportunity here, you know, to 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 distinguish you distinguish yourself from others and really create something that is much more beneficial and much more engaging and immersive. Well, I heard I heard uh, Julian talk about. Unfortunately, we got solutions like for me. It kind of sounds like a positive because it, it led to you creating something amazing that you're kind of passionate about. Uh, honestly, like I'm, I'm I'm glad you brought that up, Jeremy. It, it's really been a blessing in disguise because I've never felt so engaged in a project I've worked on in my entire life. Like this is literally like the most meaningful thing I've ever done. And just like, we get people all the time that reach out to us that say like, Hey, look, I just, I want to be part of your project. Like, it doesn't matter what you, you know, like what role my role is. Like, I just want to work with you guys. Um, and that's just been transformative. Like even like so far we've talked to like over a hundred people that are interested in, in using what we're creating and even just hearing their stories and seeing their interest in it and how we can help. Like it's just really making a difference in our lives too, really. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, absolutely. Um, I wonder, cause I, I know you sent me the video of the kind of the, I guess it was like a demo of someone using the VR and I know mm -hmm. it was like more towards like exposure. Does it, so you said CBT which that's kind of like a, a small you know, portion of that. What, what else can it do besides that? So in terms of, in terms of what it does is it's based on CBT uh, and it combines two things. It combines the cognitive component with the cognitive restructuring. Uh, and then the behavioral component in CBT is really the exposure. Um, so what we're focusing on right now is Come September, we plan to launch a couple pilots at universities. And uh, the pilot, the software is going to be a bit of a reduced version in terms of what the full offering will be. But we plan on helping students in three main areas. Presentations uh, and large groups of people, uh, interviews, networking events, and uh, meeting people and making friends. And we kind of, we came up with these based on the research of users and, and asking users what they would want to include. Uh, and our goal is to really make them comfortable by the end of the program doing these things like interacting in person uh, and feeling comfortable and, and get into the proper behavior uh, patterns to do that. Yeah. And, and to add on to that, the whole CBT experience before the exposure will really uh, deep dive into the techniques and understanding anxiety and what you can do, how your body reacts and how can you really learn uh, different techniques to manage it. Right. So when you are in those stressful situations, what do you do? How do you cope with it? Right. What is the next step you take? And with the exposure setting, you can practice that right there and then. So the end goal essentially is when the university student uh, goes to a platform program, at the end of it, they should be comfortable and have the courage enough to, you know, go and be and expose themselves to different situations and take those learnings with them and, you know, just become more socially uh, active. Oh, and is it just exposure therapy or what, what else is it besides exposure therapy, exposure therapy? So it, it, it focuses mainly on the exposure aspect and that's kind of why we're using VR. Um, but also trying to retrain people's negative thoughts, like those negative thoughts that 
you know, when you're walking in a room, there's a lot of people there and everyone looks at you and you're the center of attention. And maybe you feel stupid or you feel um, like you're an outcast. So kind of those negative thoughts we're trying to retrain um, as well as the exposure. Mm. Yeah, that, that's cool. And I wonder what, how you guys see this as, or maybe you have kind of seen it through now, but is, is, do you see this as kind of like, like a like a precursor? Like if people get comfortable in the VR headset, are they able to now go into real life, you know, and walk up to a, in a group of people without feeling that? Or can this solely help train the brain to where, you know, when it's coming to real life in VR, there is no difference at all? So there, there's actually been a lot of studies that do show the effectiveness of VR for exposure therapy, even like even in particular social anxiety. But these are just kind of in a clinical setting. Like what Karen and I wanted to do from the beginning was our goal was to kind of um, bring this out, bring this technology out and make a program that's available to the masses, that's accessible um, to these university students that need it at an extremely low cost. Yeah. Yeah, I'm curious. Like, do you are you guys as far as the research goes? Do you like, work with certain specialists? Do you do the research yourself? Like, tell me about that. Right. So we've got uh, we've got a therapist on board who helps us with all the content and really ensures that everything that we create in our solution uh, is to the best uh, of. Um, the CBT guidelines and exposure guidelines, what needs to be included for anyone who's gonna, you know, self-guidedly, self-use self it, right? Uh, and yeah, and everything goes through him and he basically uh, ensures that the content and everything is is on par with with the guidelines. Yeah, just, just to add on to that, like, Karen and I were, like our, our background academic was, academically was in business and we know we knew that we needed Kind of a credible source to to implement all of the CBT. Uh, so yeah, we do we do actually have a is it I guess technically a chief science officer, uh, clinical psychologist, uh, and he's he's an NHS clinical lead in um, in London. So they have a pretty strict governance there, kind of in, in of the therapy. Wow, that's a lot of acronyms. <laughs> <laughs> he must know his stuff. <laughs> so with the VR, you know, an experience. Um, why did you guys start? Or I guess you started targeting the universities because you wanted to help the. Because you said people were struggling with isolation. Is that why we started the the universities? Honestly, like we we're starting with universities because that was us. Like we re, we recent graduates, but that our target market was literally us. Like not that long ago, um, wanting to help students that were going through the stuff that we were going through. Uh, and we just, like, even through personal experience, like, we know that the university wellness centers are struggling to keep up with the demand uh, of the students' mental health. And we know that it's a great place where we can reach all the students um, and, just, and just help the people that we're going through what we're going through. Yeah, and to add to that, university is a really crucial uh, point in anyone's lives because you really like pursue your like it's the start of you pursuing your career your dreams what you want to do and you know we we know we've noticed and we've heard from uh the feedback that we've gotten from our users that because of social anxiety they tend to even divert 
other things they like to do because they're just scared and, and that fear. And this will just have a domino effect for the rest of their lives. So this will just carry and build up, build up, build up as they get older and anxiety will not go away. It will just become more and more profound in, in their lives. So university is a good point. As you're young, uh, you can actively, you know, change uh, and break this anxiety down and, you know, take control of your lives proactively, uh, you know, and set yourself up for the future. Yeah, just to add on to that, like we, we had people that we were talking to that literally told us they, they've gone to university, like they're spending thousands upon thousands of dollars in tuition and they end up picking a career that they don't really want just because they're more comfortable in it because they don't have to do a lot of speaking. Yeah. It's like you're investing so much time and money really the like university and college investment into your life and you're letting this and it's very difficult and it's unfortunate it's sad that that you're choosing a career that you don't really want to do but you're just doing it because you're comfortable yeah it sounds like most people and their decisions they make in their life they just, they just keep doing even like the wrong stuff because it's comfortable it's what they know they treat mm-hmm. themselves badly or getting in relationships where it's kind of toxic it kind of sounds like everything uh, my, question, my question to you is it uh is it accessible by everybody or is it just um universities right now so as of now the reason why we've chosen universities is because not every student can afford a uh, vr headset or has access to one uh right so university would be the place where they can afford vr headsets and you know it, on and placing this on campus can help many thousands of university students access it. But if a university student does have access to a VR headset, they can directly uh, get access to the program as well. Also, there's people at home cannot kind of get it as well. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Anyone that has a headset, definitely like um, we can do direct to them and they they can get access to it. Uh, But we really figured that the universities can provide that location with the headset so then like the 20, 30,000 students all have access to it now. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. So they'd be like basically like renting it out different times and stuff. Yeah. That's cool. I, I, I didn't think of the point of uh, you talking about how this can help you go into the career you're meant to be instead of the one that's comfortable. I was kind of thinking, cause I was just like kind of reflecting on my own college career like, man, this would have been really helpful and probably helped me make better grades and it would probably would make it a lot easier at least like practice, you know, doing speeches and, you know, going in a classroom for the first time. Absolutely. Right on. Yeah. You know, both of us have had that experience where we've been up, you know, presenting to a group of people and we're just like, you know, simply just frozen and like at a shit show and like, you know, uh, that really has like created that drive for us, you know, to build something out where we can make a change yeah like i've i've had experiences where i'm in the front of a class and uh, i like i dreaded presentations and it kind of like spiraled downhill and i remember in my fourth year like uh, i'd get like the leg shake where my knee would shake and i'd be worried like people could see but honestly like i remember like literally looking at course syllabuses and picking courses based on the ones i didn't have to do a class presentation at. wow Wish I was out of that. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, how often, like, if someone chose, like, I really want to do this, I'm at the wellness center at a university, how often would they do it? And for how long? So, what the program would be is 
we want to make it where it's um, two sessions per week and the session is going to be between 20 to 25 minutes uh, and it's going to be between four to six weeks in total. Four to what? Four to six weeks. That's for the I'm guessing you've done a lot of trials to see how it works and how's how about how like what is the results with those? Yeah, so in, in terms of the content, the content is all based on the the cognitive behavioral therapy. Um, and basically what we're doing is the, the final program will be longer than that, but in order to do the pilot, the universities are have been more accepting if we're able to shorten it down a little bit. My question is, uh, how has the results gone so far? Yeah, so. Go ahead, Frank. Yeah, so we've uh, given, we've, we've done multiple testing with a lot of university students uh, pre-COVID, getting the response of what they like, what they don't like with the prototype, right? Taking that feedback and implementing how we can change this and create like a beta version to take to universities. But what we've also done is we've, we've sort of given our software out to anyone who has access to a VR headset. And we've been constantly capturing uh, the feedback that we receive from them. And it's always been very positive, like the exposure session, the CBD sessions, it's, it's very, it, it helps them, you know, uh, really pinpoint like, okay, like gets, helps, their, helps them understand like what's going on and like really drives that, that motivation for change. So COVID has sort of uh, definitely has uh, created a blocker for us, but uh, we're trying to do the best we can, you know, to digitally reach out to students and like provide uh, any materials that's possible and just, you know, keep, keep constantly collecting that feedback. So we're up and ready and we know we haven't left any stone unturned uh, when we do get the opportunity to get into universities and, you know, hit, and we want to hit just, we just want to hit the ground running. Yeah, I can see, I can see you guys like having a category for Zoom. Like, cause everyone's doing Zoom right now. I remember when I first, I remember when I first started in Zoom, I'd be a lot of people in the Zoom room and I'm like, I don't want to yeah. talk, please don't call on me. But because yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm mean, like, I'm forcing myself to get the exposure therapy to the podcast and the socials I'm doing, it's amazing. I can see you guys doing like, like if anything, there's, there's uh, opportunity and in, in, in challenges. Like for example, you got, I, would, I would highly recommend like a Zoom option, that's kind of cool. Yeah, we, we were actually kind of pondering the idea. Uh, like, Zoom's good because even in terms of, like, gradual exposure, like, you could start off speaking with your camera off, and then you could do something where you turn your camera on, and then you could speak for longer, and then you could speak on more difficult subjects. So you could do a gradual ex exposure through Zoom. Um, so, I mean, that, that's definitely a really good idea, actually, and uh, definitely something we were thinking about, too. Yeah, as I've known social coaching, one of the things I used to do is I would have them, like, before they even say hello to people, I would just I would have them stare at people on the street and say hello without even saying anything, just to like get their brain more comfortable. So what what's the, uh, you said it was like four to six week course. What's that experience like? So you said that it's three different things. So it's um, meeting friends, doing presentations. What was the third one? Yeah, so they are um, presentations in large groups. Um, interviews and networking and meeting people and making friends. Okay, so what's the four to six week experience like? Do they just start with doing the friends one a few times? Does it alternate? How is that like? So for the for the pilot, what we're doing is um, they they would pick one, uh, and the way it would work is they kind of pick the one that 
is the, the most meaningful goal to them, which one they, that they want to accomplish the most. Uh, and then through four to six weeks, they basically select from a pool of videos, which are the exposure sessions, which ones um, kind of induce anxiety for them. They rank them based on difficulty. Um, and then over the four to six weeks, they're exposed to them on that gradual basis, starting from the more comfortable sessions to the more difficult ones, kind of building it up. Uh, and at the same time, they're getting some psychoeducation. So they're learning more about their social anxiety, what's been causing their social anxiety, um, and kind of things in their life, like their personal triggers, which leads to like thoughts, which leads to uh, sensations, emotions, and then which leads to, um, um, main, oh, sorry, behavior and then maintainers. Uh, so just kind of learning about what causes it uh, and then getting that gradual exposure over the four to six weeks. Yeah. And uh, to add to that, uh, so the re so there's three main goals, um, meeting new people, presenting and networking. They're all customized and personalized, right? So all the goals, all the practice that they have to do uh, between sessions, they're, they're all like separate. Right, so it's 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 a very personalized experience for uh, every user, uh, and and the psychoeducation that's really the foundation. We start with that. That's that's our uh, that's the introduction. That's like really you know understanding things first, and then slowly gradually jumping into exposure. So it's not just like if you're ex if you uh, uh, have a fear to presenting to a group of people, the exposure will be like, hey, you're in a in a group of like a hundred people. Like it would start very slowly. First, you'd understand what it is. You'd understand techniques, uh, how to manage your anxiety, and then slowly introducing yourself to one person, uh, striking small talk conversations, and slowly building up to that point, right? So that way, as you slowly accomplish these, uh, keep going through these uh, gradual exposure sessions, you're always gaining confidence and that momentum and, and that belief that, yes, I can get there. All your tests, I heard Julian talk about, like you help them get, like find out what's causing it and kind of changing it. And in all your tests, what has been the main thing that causes it and how do, how do they turn it around? Or how do they switch that story? So uh, I don't know if it was only me, but you, you were cutting out there. Oh, um, in all the testing you've done, what has been the main thing that has caused the anxiety and yep. what has helped them kind of retrain their brain. So the, from the testing we've done, what really causes, causes uh, anxiety is everything to do mainly around thoughts, right? So what you're thinking, it's like, it's like you create these thoughts and you have all these thoughts and you, what happens is you start actually believing them, even if they're not true. Right. So if you keep telling yourself like, Oh my God, I think I'm looking stupid. The person looking at me, he probably thinks I'm stupid that becomes not only your thought now, it becomes your belief, right? So to change that, what you need to do is really understand the situation, analyze the situation, right? So uh, what we're also gonna include is a third person's point of view to show you like, hey, you're thinking like, if I walk into a room of 100 people, they have, they're creating a judgment about me, but that's not the case because everyone's busy with their own lives, everyone's got their own things to do, and no one, no one thinks this way. So that way we're trying to get you to retrain your thoughts and really like when you do have negative thoughts, how can you like pick them? Like, oh my God, like why am I thinking negatively? And then using that thought to create a positive thought, 
and using that as like your hot new thought, right? So that is like the first essential step uh, to retraining uh, your thoughts. So a lot of users, a lot of like uh, by the testing we've done, we, we realize that it's, it's all a lot to do with their own beliefs, which are basically the thoughts which are not true, right? Yeah. And that's the first step on changing that. And um, just to add on to that too, an another huge thing that, that, that's causing this for a lot of people is, is avoidance. Um, people begin to avoid a lot of social situations. And then you begin to, when you avoid something to become comfortable, when you avoid it, you, your brain starts to associate that event with being somewhat dangerous. Um, and this, this turns into like a negative cycle. Uh, so basically like you gotta break this through the, through the behavior as well as changing the negative thoughts. So what was your all's journey kind of like with social anxiety? Did you, uh, I mean, did you, were you able to build and use the VR system to help yourself or was this kind of something that you guys built afterwards? So in terms of what well, I, I can speak on myself um, and then cram, but basically it's, it's definitely been a long journey, like a lot longer than I, I would have liked. And I kind of wish that there was a tool like this when I first started going through this. Um, cause I know it definitely could have, could have helped, uh, and kind of sped things up a bit. Um, but basically just trying to like self-expose in certain situations. Cause I, I did like a lot of research and recognize like definitely exposure is a huge component to overcoming social anxiety. So I tried to self-expose, um, problem was some of the things that would cause me anxiety. It's hard to put myself in a situation that to expose to that. Uh, so that's another reason why the VR is good too. Um, but, uh, but yeah, it's definitely been a long time. Um, and, uh, and I'd say, yeah, the, the VR program definitely would have helped a lot if I would have had it sooner. Yeah, and uh, mine is very similar to Julian's. Like, we never really had a VR solution, any offering that, were, that was there that we could, you know, actively use. But for me, it was really uh, through my internship where, you know, I was always pushed to do different things. And like, you know, it was, it's very, it was because I, was, I had a lot of anxiety social anxiety, I could never say no. And then I realized as I was doing these things, over time, as I was exposing myself, like I got better. So I, very, I definitely made that connection. And then even like researching and digging deep, I realized how exposure helps, but then even taking a step back and like understanding the cognitive uh, behavioral therapy. And then so whenever I would have negative thoughts, I would question like, okay, this is not true. This is just my fear, right? And I have to change it. And the best way to change it is, taking that step towards exposing myself and, you know, seeing what happens, right? Wow. Yeah. So I wonder what's a example that you guys use to expose yourself. So for me, I can speak uh, about myself. Uh, for me, it was, I was definitely socially anxious to meet different people uh, right, so I would just have like my own group of uh, people. But for me, through internship, um, I had I was always like, you know, like okay, you're gonna go, you're gonna have to go present to this customer, or you're gonna have to go to this group, this business group, and present to them. Right, so I had to do it, and over time, like that fear diminishes, and you just get more comfortable in the situation, and you start picking up on habits. So for me, it was definitely presenting uh, to different like stakeholders in the business. Uh, during my internship I'd say with mine like presentations was by far the most difficult 
one. Um, but I mean, even like kind of introducing myself to people was, was one that was a bit difficult too and one that I definitely worked on a lot. Yeah, and sorry, yeah, to add on to that, uh, I had a tough time talking to, uh, you know, talking to different girls and this and that back then. So for me, as I was exposing myself, uh, you know, I got that courage, like, you know, like maybe I'll go out to a club, maybe I'll go introduce myself, let's see what happens. And even though I did get like rejections, but you know, because you have that confidence now, you have that drive to constantly push yourself, you know, find that goal, find that success. So I, I definitely saw it come, uh, come into beneficial there as well. You may have touched on this, but my question is, are there any like tips and stuff you've learned uh, for yourself when you aren't using the VR tool? as far as getting over your anxiety, meeting people, presentations, et cetera? I'd say the best advice I could give is just, you gotta get out there and you gotta try to expose yourself. Um, do it gradually, break them down into small goals, micro goals that are a lot easier to then tackle and step-by-step step slowly overcome it. Um, yeah, I see Jeremy's raising his hands. I think that's probably the best advice that you can give somebody. Yeah, absolutely, Julian. That was that was absolutely on point. Yeah. So don't just jump out and get free hugs. <laughs> well, that could be yeah. a fun. That's one way to do it. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's good. That's what I did, but like <laughs> with the pandemic, what's well, flooding? I'm sure you guys are gonna know about flooding. Did I cut out again. Sorry. Yeah, my I I know my my internet's not that good here. Thanks. Yeah. It's called uh, flooding, as they call it. I'm sure you guys learned a lot about flooding. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely flooding. Flooding's, um, flooding could be difficult, uh, but it is effective. And um, the thing, like the whole point with, with, with Sightly and what we're doing is, like exposure is good and it's effective, but the problem is there's too many people that are not taking that first step. So what we wanted to do is we wanted to create this basically stepping ladder and, and, and uh, bridge the gap between the in-person exposure uh, and kind of building, building those, those first actions, taking that first step, getting comfortable with it, and then gradually building it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it took me years to take my first step. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I definitely think it's a, a really good kind of easy first step, so to speak. Um, when you said you, there's like a one of the things is meeting new people are you able to actually have conversations do the people in the vr talk so we're we're trying to definitely make it as as interactive as possible um but but what we're doing with which is kind of different than um than some other options is we're using high definition 360 3d videos so in terms of the visual aspect it's it's extremely realistic um, and, and the visuals are definitely there. And we're trying to make it as interactive in the sense that when you do make a statement to, to, to people in the video, um, it's definitely in context and, uh, and definitely seems real. So the way that we do this also is before the session, you're basically prompted with a task. So it's definitely goal oriented. Uh, and kind of when you go into the session, you have a task at the back of the head, back of your head uh, and a goal in mind um, that kind of guides you through that through that session. Yeah. 
Wow. Yeah, I like that. That's cool. I like how it's goal oriented. <laughs> it's more like a game now. Yeah, that was that, that was definitely a big a, a common thing too. Is a lot of people that were telling us that like they've, for instance, like been to therapy in the past, but it wasn't really goal oriented, and they didn't really feel like over time they were moving forward uh, towards achieving something. And we definitely wanted to make the program uh, goal oriented, and uh, and have the user progress through a goal that that they select from the beginning. Yeah. Where do you, where do you see the future of this? Like, can you see like therapists even using this as a tool to like put them through it and then they stop the, they stop the program and then take it off. And then whatever came up, the therapist can kind of like talk to me, what came up or where do you see the future of it going? So our end goal is to like, we definitely want to make it as accessible as possible to everyone. So as VR adoption grows, we want to definitely have it, uh, so we could basically provide it directly to people that they could use from the comfort of their home. Um, we like universities obviously is a good model right now in terms of getting in the hands of, of a lot of university students. Uh, but at the end of the day though, and, and you're definitely starting to see these trends in, in healthcare as well. Um, it, with, uh, with video calls with doctors from home, stuff like that. We definitely want to make it accessible from, from the user's home. Yeah. And, and to add to that, uh, also in the future, it would be great, you know, if, if someone wants to take the extra step and, you know, directly do this with a the therapist, you know, by the comfort of their home, you know, so they could do it virtually, right? So virtually your therapist can assess like how they're doing this and that, uh, and they can both like track the progress. And even if it has to be virtual or they have to connect, they can always have that access and that option to connect with the therapist and like ask them any questions that come up or anything they want to learn and take that extra step uh, to enlighten them and understanding their anxiety and everything. Wow. Yeah, that's cool. That's, that's a cool idea with the whole well, using it with the therapist thing. Yeah, I think that's really cool. Good idea, Thanks. Jeremy. Thanks, Kyle. <laughs> <laughs> I saw you cheesing over there. <laughs> Well, um, there is one question that we do need you all to answer. It is the question that we ask to all our guests. And it is, if you could spread a message to everyone in the world, what would it be? It's kind of a simple, short message. You can take a minute. <laughs> yeah, I really want to think about this. Um, you the music. <laughs> Social Ninjas is upgrading. We have like special effects now. <laughs> uh, I think the thing that I would say would be do not let yourself, and this is especially true for those, those students uh, in university and college, don't let yourself be drowned up by others' opinions. Um, and don't just kind of follow the social norms, you know, at that point in your life, like take, take those risks, follow your dreams, follow your passion, um, and create your own path. Yeah, I would, I would say, uh, again, to university students, uh, the messaging I, messaging I would give is, is, you know, don't be afraid to go and just, you know, ask for help or seek help, you know, ask for the, answers to your questions because it's very likely that a lot of people are in the same boat as you and 
would like to share their advice and would like to share the learnings and everything. So very important, you know, you need to speak up, you need to, you know, put yourself out there. And, and as you do, you will see positive results and this will make a change in your life. It would have like a effect on many different things, relationships with your family, friends, everything, you know, you'll see a lot of positive out of it. Love that. It reminds me of uh, something I, I sometimes say, asking for help is a superpower. That's yeah. exactly what I was thinking of. <laughs> T-shirt <laughs> idea. <laughs> <laughs> oh! Cool. Okay, well, so, yeah, where uh, can, uh, where can we... <laughs> Quit interrupting me, Jeremy. <laughs> where can uh, people find you guys at? Uh, so you can visit us at trysightly.com. Uh, so that's our website, trysightly.com. And our Instagram is at trysightly. S-I-G-H-T-L-Y. Yeah. Nice. Yes, that's beautiful. Well, thank you. And uh, until next week. Till next week. Yeah, thanks for having us on. This has been really fun. We uh, really appreciate it. Thank you, guys. Thank you so much.